On this episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV and Talk, we are bringing you the Bat Squatch. Don't know what a Bat Squatch is? You know what? We didn't either. But today you're going to find out. We are also going to clear up many misconceptions, misperceptions of the paranormal field. Is it evil? Is it demonic? Is it just a ghost? We're going to talk about all of that. Rick is going to take you all the way across the pond, all the way to Italy with a brand new ghost watch. It's really cool. And lastly, you can be buried in the Ghostbusters Ecto-1. So all of that and more coming up on Shadow Initiative, Paranormal TV and Talk. Welcome all to another episode of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We are your hosts. I am Rick Hale, paranormal author and ghost hunter. And joining me as always from Beulahville, South Carolina, wherever the fuck that is. It's where this guy is. Steven Lancaster, author and ghost hunter as well. Hey, Steven. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you, you for that you introduction. Are, you are quite welcome. So, hey, before we get started, I want to... Uh, kind of revisit last week's um, show. Have you managed to sell any farts or any like bodily fluids? No, but I, I've had a few people ask if we were serious. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you guys seriously doing this? <laughs> of, of course we are. <laughs> but we'll do anything for the fans. Although. Why wouldn't we be? Uh, although I do want to clarify something and I want you to back me up on this because okay. I didn't realize um, how our fan base or some of them or maybe all of them feel. OK. OK. I had a, a guy approach me. I'm not going to say his name. I, I told him I was going to bring you up or bring him up to you. OK. And uh, I said, I won't say nothing, man, because <laughs> it was kind of his whole point. Um, he said, do you think that, uh, he said, maybe it's just me, but do you think that he's like, I got a story I'd love to share with you guys, but I'm afraid you'll make fun of me. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> so it got me thinking, like, I bet other people think like that, like, because we do like, you know, we, we rag on everybody, but guys, just to clarify, we're ragging on things we don't like or don't agree with. If you come to us wholeheartedly with a story you want to share, we are not going to make fun of you for that. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I, I can't even believe that we would give off that vibe to someone. I so, can't. I mean, no. <laughs> I can't. But, but, but here's the thing, though. It's like we, we beg. We, I, I mean, I, we practically beg people, send us your stories. Let us know, you know, what kind of experience you've had, either 
you know, something with a ghost or a cryptid or an alien or even, you know, some kind of psychic phenomena, we want your story. We want to hear about it. And we're, we're not going to make fun of you. No. At least I'm not. I can't. I, no, we're not. I, I mean, we, you know, like we had Sean Bonney come on and pour his heart out. And he's just yes. a normal average guy who has dealt with a lot of uh, strange paranormal occurrences his whole life. Like, you know, like attachment type stuff. And this guy poured his heart out to us. We are never, ever um, g- going to uh, exploit that kind of thing. Not not right. not from our fan base. You know, yeah. the, the bullshit TV shows. Yeah. All day long you know, but not you guys. Uh, And since we're on the uh, subject of bullshit TV shows, all right, I know that you saw this post because you actually gave it a laugh in our Facebook group page, which is hashtag welcome to the initiative. So I kind of wanted to, you know, chat on that a little bit briefly. I need to get over to it here. And um, so there's this, you know, one of the many, many shows that's on, discovery plus and and i and i admit i I do watch some of the shows on discovery plus some of them are kind of interesting i like the more documentary style stuff that's on there um and if anybody is ever interested you can find steven lancaster on a couple episodes of a haunting yes now maybe you'll buy my piss and farts and whatever else you're offering it's so gross so okay so last night this television show came to my attention it calls it feels evil have you heard of this i I vaguely from you it it, is it still in syndication well it's been around since about 2019 so it's been it's been around for a couple of years and it just sort of you know came to my attention so it's another one of those shows and it touts itself as being one of these shows that it follows a group of demon hunt demon hunters around the country um, investigating some of the most malicious ghosts or malicious entities and malevolent haunts. So right then and there, that's like, that is a show that is a moneymaker for television show producers. And as everybody could imagine, I have a problem with this. Well, let's hear about this problem that you have, Rick. So here's, here's the thing. This is, just ridiculous on every level and you know and i'm gonna like you know go back and forth what i wrote on our uh on our group page um first off to say that anything feels evil is totally subjective and throws objectivity out the window would you agree with that i i do agree with that and that was the actually the very first thought i had when i looked at your post was you know evil it, it depends on what your definition of evil is. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, everybody always talks about objectivity, objectivity, remaining completely objective. But you can't just walk into a place and, and it's like, you know what? This feels evil. There must be demons. Um, that kind that that also that's lazy investigating. I think, you know, to just say. Well, I'm not even going to try and understand who and who this spirit was in life, and I'm not going to try to understand what its intentions. It's being mean and nasty, so therefore, it must be evil. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because that that was one of the. I mean, there were many many things that I loved about 
um, the team I used to roll with. And, and one of them was, you know, you, you had to have a very thick skin to, to roll with the pit crew. You really did because, oh, yeah. I, you know, I was blatantly honest about everything. My head investigator and best friend, Alan Bess, very blatantly, brutally honest about everything. And, you know, we would call each other out. And so far, excluding my my research colleagues, anybody else, I would call them out not to be an asshole, but for clarification. So if I'm working with some other group or just somebody in general says that place is evil, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, fantastic. Why? Yeah. Why is it evil? And they, they always get this dumbfounded look on their face and then they'll start to say something. And then I'll say, okay, what grounds are you basing your assumption on your feeling? You feel that this place is evil. What grounds are you basing that on? Mm -hmm. Nobody can ever answer that fucking question. Right. Right. They'll just, they'll just say whatever it is. Like on a television show, they're just going to say whatever it is that they're expected to say. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Second thing that, you know, I want everybody to consider, um, assuming that such entities as demons exist. And I just want to say, I'm not saying that I don't believe in the possibility that something like this could exist. I just don't think it's as common as the television shows like this one would have us believe. Okay. So if they do exist, what makes you not saying you specifically, I'm saying, you know, all the demonologists of the world out there, what makes you think that you could possibly best an entity like this? Right. You're with, yeah. You're dealing with something of infinite knowledge, infinite cunning and time. It has time on its side. You will eventually um, turn to dust while these, you know, demons are still out there roaming the world doing their nefarious shit, okay? So human beings, uh, unless there's like some kind of like mutant superpower out there or, you know, you're like a super priest or super clergy, you're not trying to take one of these things down or going toe-to-toe with them. It's just not going to work for you. Sorry. No, and, and you know what? We've joked on this show that I, I, I yearn for the day that Zach Baggins actually does go into a haunted place mm-hmm. that does have a dark and an evil presence. And it just slams the fuck out of him. Shut the fuck up and slam him down, you know, because what are you going to do? Right. There is nothing we can do other than observe and report that that's right. it. That's it, man. Which leads me to my third point. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. When's this no, going to end? Here's the third point. So what sane, rational human being would ever go looking for something like this? We're talking. <laughs> I got to be honest. I got to be, you okay. know, I, I get criticized. We can talk about it, but I, I get criticized about it all the time, man. My, my motto is run right at it. That's why I'm in this field. You know, people questioning me all the time. Why would you have kept something like Norman the doll around? That's mm-hmm. my fucking job. That's okay. home home field advantage. When you've got something that amazing, good or bad, and you, you choose to walk away from it, then you're not a paranormal investigator. 
Okay, but here's the thing. Let's just say that it is a real demon, mm -hmm. okay? You're dealing with something that can potentially destroy your life, destroy your soul, and destroy everything you love. So maybe I shouldn't do the whole sane, rational person, but it's like, let's, you know, think about this before you go looking for stuff like this. So all I could say is, is one, TV producers, please stop trying to make a buck when you're, when you're putting people in harm's way. Don't do that. Two, if you're a new investigator, all I could say is think seriously before you go looking for these things. You will thank me in the future when you're not, you know, dying somewhere in some psychiatric hospital because this thing tried to possess you or you know, or it destroyed your life and took away everything that you love. And, and, and I think the, the big one of that is the, the main takeaway that these TV producers, they want to make a buck. So they're, are they really actually putting people in harm's way? No. no. You don't think so? No. No, because the liability, come on, man. If, yeah. you, if you think uh, pr producer A here for Travel Channel Show B actually believes this bullshit, no. They're looking mm -hmm. for the eye candy of a place. They're looking for some kind of story. And they're sending people, that there's nothing to worry about. Zero to worry about. It's right. all fake. It's all fake. So there's nothing to worry about. I mean, otherwise you would have you would have there would be so many lawsuits. And that and that's the thing. People don't think about these things. They take these shows for face value, you know, and they're like, Yes, they're real. Oh my God. He's so brave. <laughs> He's so brave to be doing that. Shut the fuck up. If that was real, there'd be lawsuits through the roof. Science, actual real scientists would be there, not you. I, it's come on, man. Use your head. Now, don't get me wrong. There are actual very dark places, man. Very oh, dark sure. and evil places. You've, you've dealt with evil entities. I've dealt with evil entities. But again, it goes back to what is your definition of it? And that's what I challenge our listeners to. You know, the point I alluded to earlier, come to our Facebook page, facebook.com, uh, welcome to the initiative or our group page and, and challenge us. I challenge you. Tell me what your definition of evil is and why, how, how, how is that evil? And don't don't. I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bonus round here. Don't even put because you're religious. I need a validation that can be scientifically measured. Mm -hmm. I challenge anybody out there to do that. Offer that up on our page. This is why I think I dealt with something evil, but, but back it up with some science. Right. No, I completely agree. And I think that this is, you know, this leads us to our topic for today. Um, we are involved in a field of research and investigation where there is a whole lot of misconceptions. Correct. There. Yes. You know, you see like the television shows, they want to, you know, there's, it's a scare a minute and there's evil spirits everywhere, but you know, take it from us, you know, a couple of guys who have coming up on pretty much 60 years of investigation out there in the field. And, you know, these are some of the misconceptions that we have found out there. 
And a lot of it is thanks to the television shows. You, I, I think you would agree, correct, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. I'm with okay. you, buddy. So the, let's let's look at let's take the take a look at the first one. You don't always catch world-shattering evidence upon your first visit to a haunted place. I think that that is a common sense kind of a thing. Um, I, I've I've gone back to, and I know you have gone back to many many times, many of these places, and you get nothing until you finally get that that phantom footstep or that EVP or that unexplained spike in um, in, in in EMFs. Um, it just doesn't happen. I agree, and, and a perfect example is the Brentwood Wine Bistro. Um, you know, if, if you watch the episode of A Haunting on Travel and Discovery Plus, they, they, made, they made it out like all of this evidence was gathered in one night. Like mm -hmm. this was just one crazy haunted night. Here's all that. No, that stuff was gathered up over 10 years of research that they whittled into an episode to make it appear as if it was one night. There were as haunted as the Brentwood is. There are many, many, many nights I went in there and nothing happened. Nothing. Or, right. or a night or two where just something subtle happened that you could dismiss either way. But then there were, were nights that it was just off the chain, you know? Mm -hmm. These things I, I, have, I have said many times over the past 25 years, they're not on call. You know, it's not something you can buy tickets for and just expect a show. Right. You know, so this you're not going to in the earth shattering evidence. I mean, honestly, and I've said this before as well, I can count on one hand what I would consider earth shattering evidence of mine. Across over a thousand cases, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the TV shows every episode, it's oh my dude, it's and here's here's where you got to use what you said, the common sense. If these TV shows, if that evidence and stuff was truly real, it would be scientifically studied. And it's not because it's not real. Right. So this brings us to our next one. And, and again, we're taking a look at demons here. Um, poltergeists and ghosts are not demons. Now, I was watching one of those one-off uh, paranormal shows a few years back, and uh, uh, it featured Ed and Lorraine Warren. And in one of the episodes where they were interviewing Ed Warren, he suggested that all poltergeists are demons. Now that completely, now that would set back parapsychology a century or more making that kind of a statement. Um, so like a poltergeist really is nothing more than out of control um, psychic energy that comes from a person not so much an entity ghosts of course being the uh, discarnate entities or you know souls whatever your definition may be of a person who has passed away ghosts cannot be demons poltergeists cannot be demons because demons are a completely separate um i guess created being according to some religions so um that is a huge misconception and i hope that that kind of clears it up a little bit with some people Stephen, go. 
I I don't ever use the term demon because I'm not religious. I, Same. you know, and, and people, they want to argue with me all the time about it. You're in the paranormal field and you're not religious. I, I don't see where they go hand to hand. <laughs> I, I really don't. I'm, I'm not going to take something that was man-made, which is religion, and, and bring that into a, a field we know nothing about. And, and again, goes back to your definition of evil. People throw that word demon out way too easily just because right. it, it, it strikes fear. But you know what? There, there are ghosts of people that are more evil than any demon could ever be. You know, they were just bad people in real life. Yeah. You know, and but these are these are the the experiences of people call demonic. No, mm -hmm. that guy, that guy was just an asshole in real life. So guess what? <laughs> He's an asshole in the afterlife. He's just got attributes we don't have. Which this leads us to our next one. Just because a spirit is negative doesn't make it a demon. Correct. I mean, yeah, whatever you were in life, like you already suggested, if you are a nice guy in life, you're going to be a nice person in death. If you were a fucking asshole that did asshole things just for the sheer joy of being an asshole, um, that's how you're going to be in death as well. And I know that you've come across many of these kinds of ghosts or mm -hmm. spirits, people who are like this in life. So have I. I mean, there was one investigation in Waukegan, Illinois, where the ghost of this of the person's father was haunting the house and still causing all sorts of shit in the house because in life he was an abusive alcoholic prick. Mm -hmm. So he decided to carry that off into death. There was another one where a guy was, where the spirit in the house was targeting the children because in life he was a pedophile. And it's just, just because something is negative does not mean it's going to be demonic. Correct. So, Back to the shows. You will not get a good education in the paranormal by watching a TV show. Now, I know you agree with that. And the overwhelming majority of our listeners and viewers will agree with that as well. You are not going to get a good education watching Zach Bagans or whomever these people are in It Feels Evil wandering around you know, allegedly haunted places, screaming and yelling at something that may or may not even be there. Um, so in your opinion, Steven, if you're not going to get a good education from the TV shows, where are you going to get a good education from? Well, I always recommend to people to do what I did. Do what you did. Read. Oh, my God. There's a thing called reading. If you could reading. see the amount of books I mean, there, there's some behind me here, but I got a whole book. Show. I, all par all paranormal related, ufology, cryptozoology, parapsychology, you know, read. You know, what? that's how I got my start. I had my first experience at 10 years old in 1987. All mm -hmm. I did was hit the back then there, was, there wasn't the, the wonder of the Internet. So yes. it, it was go to the library, see what books I could check out, go to the school's library, the college's library. And I spent 10 years reading and educating myself before I even took my first case in 1997. And that was well before the TV shows and all this other shit. Same thing with me, man. I mean, I became interested in this, excuse me, in 1982. 
And from 1982 to 1991, I stayed in books by authors like Peter Underwood, Hans Holzer, mm -hmm. Brad Steiger, looked at, looked at some of the older um, stuff, you know, people, you know, from like the Society for Psychical Research. Um, but again, like you said, you couldn't just go into a library or a bookstore and find these books so easily as you can today. You actually had to search them out. I mean, I was lucky that I had two really good library districts, Round Lake Beach, uh, where my mom lived, and the Chicago Public Library, where my dad and grandparents lived. So I had those two really good resources. Though These are the people that you should be reading from. I always call Peter Underwood the greatest teacher I never knew because he was. I learned a lot from reading these guys. These are the guys that you should be reading. I agree. Um, so this one is, well, it's obvious. Again, it goes with the television shows. It's not always a scare a minute. I don't know how many times I have been bored to tears <laughs> sitting in a so-called haunted house, just waiting for something to happen, like just begging for something to happen. Um, and it's not like you see on these television shows. Those they've they've been there for a while, like you have already suggested, before they even so much as get something. Um, it's not a scare a minute. You're not gonna have demons and ghosts and shit getting thrown at you. That's just not how it is. Um, I got a really good story. I don't know if I've told this one before, but years ago at a house in Cary, Illinois, uh, which is in McHenry County, we sat in this dank, awful, just dreadful basement waiting for a ball to roll across the floor because the owner of the house would be down in another room. And then all of a sudden this, she would see this ball go rolling across the floor. Like a child was playing with it. Now, allow me to just say this, this house was haunted. Mm -hmm. We saw things, we recorded things in that house that I cannot explain, but this one I can't explain while sitting there. We have our flashlight trained on the ball. All of a sudden a mouse comes running out of a hole in the wall, hits the ball and causes the ball to roll a little bit before going across the room. We were able to explain that one. We think that that's what was going on. But otherwise, there were things in this house that weren't quite so easily explained. Yeah, and, and it goes back to, to something we have said many, many, many times. You're, you're not going to figure it out in one night. And, and that's why people, they, they, they know my reputation where I don't take a case unless I'm pretty much going to be able to investigate it dozens of times, right? you know, <clears throat> unless it, it, it's a, 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 there's some kind of other situation involved, maybe children or something. I'll, I'll take a quick case like that, but because on, on one investigation at this location, you may think you experienced something paranormal and then maybe the fourth or fifth time you were there actually disprove it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the Brentwood, uh, I know I'm back to the Brentwood. It's just an e easy comparison um, because the place is so fucking haunted, you know, there, there was a, but that doesn't mean that everything that happens in there is paranormal. Right. And, and, and there was a door that it to a bathroom where, where patrons would be trapped um, the owners have been trapped in it and 
Long story short, after about a year and a half of investigating the Brentwood, my head investigator, Alan Bess, disproved it. What it was, was this was a heavy wooden door. And during certain times of the year, it would stick because of humidity levels causing the wood to expand. Right. So it would cause people. But in the winter months, the door would swing completely free because there wasn't any humidity in the air. Mm-hmm. But that was something that took a year and a half to dis- to finally find the reason as to why people were being locked into this bathroom. Had nothing to do with the Brentwood ghost. Had everything to do with just nature and science. But there again, if we would have only investigated that place one time, still to this day, I'd believe that there's something trapping people in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's just, again, that's part of the whole idea of, of really taking a look into what it is that you're investigating and not just being lazy about it and just saying, oh yeah, that's a, that's a ghost because you know, there's mice out there and there is humidity causing doors to stick. Uh, anybody who lives in Northern Illinois, like myself, we all, we know that all too well. Well, before you jump to the next one, I do want to say, and this, I don't want people to take this as, as shameless self-promotion or plugging or anything like that. Um, when I released my first book, uh, True Case Files of a Paranormal Investigator, I was scared to death because I I wrote it as me. You know, this is how I do it. This is how I investigate. And there were many pages of just boring shit. This is how I disprove and this. This is how so I disprove that. And, and, you know, people love that. You know, the, the reviews were all saying this is so nice to read something from an actual paranormal investigator that wasn't blown out of proportion or exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Now, there are chapters like that because the case warranted that. But I covered everything, not not just the paranormal, but what wasn't paranormal, like the whole process. You know, it's like pe- people kind of call my first book like a handbook mm-hmm. because it, it, it had a lot of the geek speak. You know, the EMF this and the temperature gauge that and the ionic energy and all that stuff, you know, and then in my later books, I kind of stepped back from that a little bit. But it's even like with your books, um, Rick's books, it's the same thing. You're getting it from our perspective. It's not a scare a minute. Yeah. And and true people who, who, you know, people who are really into paranormal research, not for the fad side of it, not for the TV side of it, but really into it. They like that stuff. They appreciate that there's people out there actually continuing the old ways of research. Right. You know, and I think that you've actually brought this up in the past, and I like this idea. Um, You've brought up an idea for a show where you spend an... It's my dog. (laughs) I was like, what the hell? Um, Where you actually spend an entire season at one location. Uh, in, in investigating it, researching it. You've brought that up. I would watch the shit out of a show like that. I really would. Yes. And, and, and I've actually pitched it to producers and, and um, new dominion pictures. And they were, they were looking at it there for a while. And mm-hmm. then the producer that I worked with left new dominion. And now I think she's with a and E or something, but you know, that was the concept, man. You take like the Brentwood wine bistro, bam, that's season one. You know, eight to 12 episodes of each night in there, the good and the bad, 
the episodes where nothing happened, the episodes where they did, you know, to really show what it's like. Right. I, I, I would I would watch the shit out of that. And this leads us to the final one that I have. Um, this will not make you famous. Sorry, guys, but here's the deal. Just because you have a show on YouTube um, or you're like us, we've written multiple books and hundreds, if not even thousands of articles, um, it, it hasn't really made us famous at all. It's it's so funny because like the other day, my son actually asked me, my son, Theo, he's like, Dad, are you famous? And my wife was like, yeah. And I said, no, <laughs> I am absolutely not famous. Um, this is not, you know, brought me any, you know, great fame or fortune. And there's a reason for that. Now, you, Stephen, you've done television. So you know how that end of the thing is. You really have to know people. You really have to be plugged in to the people who are already on the television shows. They are the ones that are going to help you get ahead. Um, they used to say that the chances of you being drafted by the NBA out of high school, uh, you had a greater chance of being struck by lightning twice standing in the same place than actually getting into the NBA. And that's kind of how this is too. Um, you could write all the, all the articles, all the books, do all the YouTube pages, and people are still going to be like, Rick and Steve who? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I agree. Oh, yeah, that guy who talked about selling his jizz on one of their shows. I, I agree to an extent. Okay, because it depends on your motive. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. If I, if I wanted to be, and like the definition of demon or evil, what's your definition of famous? You know, mm -hmm. if I wanted to be a millionaire and have everybody know my name, I could do it. I could do it. Right. I could absolutely fucking do it. I could do what Zach Baggins does. I could oh, do I what could, I could do oh, what any of these people on these shows do. Hold on, I can I I I can I can actually do an episode of Ghost Adventures right here right now. Okay, do it. okay. You hear a funny noise, dude, bro. What was that? And then something pops out at you. Oh my God, run and see. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. We got. We, we, I'm a millionaire. We got the evidence review. We're listening to the audio file. I think it said Zach. It said Zach. It said mm -hmm. Zach. It said my name. Anyway. Yes, 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 Zach. This uh, Yugoslavian house that you were investigating, this ghost spoke perfect English. <laughs> that was a nice EVP of a Yugoslavian speaking English. Anyway, um, but but it's all in what you want out of it, man. Um, like I said, I it's called selling out. If I want to fake evidence, it, I can do it, dude. I, I, I could say it right now. And in a year I'd have a TV show. Mm -hmm. I, if I really wanted to do it, cause I've been offered these shows, you know, this, Oh yeah. And, and I've turned them down because I'm not, I have integrity 
And and in the in the end, legacy is important to me. And I don't want 30 years from now somebody to say, man, he sold out. He was just faking shit on the travel channel. No, that is not going to be me. But again, you have to look at your level of success. You know, there are people who know who you are, Rick. There are people who know who I am. I've I've molded people. I've I've had people thank me for showing them this or showing them that. You know, to me, that's that is fame. That is fortune. Making mm-hmm. a difference in somebody's life. But yeah, if you want to be a millionaire TV show guy, that that's the point I'm getting at. And it's taking me slow to get there. There are two sides. Do you want to be famous at any cost or do you want to be a real paranormal investigator? And and I'll use this as an example because the TV shows is what sparked this bullshit fucking fad weekend warrior assholes thinking they can do what we've spent 25 years fucking doing. Okay. Take, take the eighties. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll take Motley Crue comes out. Okay. Well, you know what? Damn, they're getting all the women. They look awesome up on stage. They're rocking. I'm going to go out and buy me a guitar. I'm going to get me some denim, some leather, you know. Bam, I'm going to be just like them. But guess what? You got to know how to play the fucking guitar. Yeah. You you see what I'm saying? So you've got these people that they they watch Zach Baggins. I I couldn't even tell you any of the other investigators out there now because I just don't give a shit or people pretending to be and they see that. Oh, okay. I got to wear all black. I've got to act all tough. I've got to provoke things, you know? So they're just emulating the wrong thing. You're emulating what's fake. So that's what makes, that's, what's going to define you. Yeah. You You know, know, I I've always said, it's like, it, nothing is off the table. I mean, it's really not as long as it's done correctly and in the way that I want to do things. So, you know, having a TV show is like Burger King with me. I want it my way. Um, <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's seriously though, nothing is off the table, but really at the end of the day, I would rather be respected. Yes. Than be famous. Yes, Any absolutely. Day. And I've been very fortunate, Rick. I mean, you know, you mentioned it just about every, every damn, um, every show. Oh, you've done TV and all that. But, you know, I could have done a whole lot more for every one episode of television I've done. I probably could have done 20, but I've said no, that these are the things I don't talk about because I'm not going to call people out. I'm not going to call producers names out or networks, but I just didn't agree with what they wanted to do with me. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. And the reason I've done the uh, haunting so many times is because I became friends with that producer and she respected how I wanted everything perceived mm-hmm. that I wasn't doing it unless you show my actual evidence. Yeah. That's cool. Doing your little recreations and stuff. That's fine. You know, that's the entertainment side, but when it comes down to it, you're going to show my actual evidence or I'm not doing the show. And they agreed to it. So that's why I went ahead and did that. But an actual investigative show, I'm not going to say the names, but I've been asked on a couple of these and I Mm -hmm. won't do it. I won't do it because I'm not signing something that is going to stop me from telling the truth as to what happened. And that is exactly the same way I feel. So do you have any uh, misconceptions that you want to 
cover? I think he did did a really good job. I, I think it, it all stems back to your misconceptions are based on perceptions. Right. You know, I, back in my heyday when I was really out there um, media-wise and on the internet and every other day posting something paranormal, I'd have strangers come up to me in Lowe's. Hey, Ghostbuster, what's going on? You know, that's their perception of what I do. Right. You know, it's like those those old memes that used to float around Facebook. You know, what my wife thinks I do, what my mother thinks I do, what society thinks I do, what I really do. <laughs> you know, and it would be a picture of me just sitting there in the damn dark, bored as hell. You know, yeah. it, it it's, all, it's all about perception, man. And, and right. sadly... And we can move on to the next thing, but but we can't make people we we can't make people see the light. Oh, I'm, I'm not you know? about making this is not a religion. We're yeah. not out there telling people the good news of the gospel of uh, you know um, Egon Spangler or Hans Holzer or whatever. We're just not doing that. And but mentioning Ghostbusters like you did, and mentioning Egon Spangler like I did. This brings us to this week's news of the weird. And yes, I know you love this because I, I do. I love this too. So here at News of the Weird, we like to showcase those news stories that are just, well, weird. And they don't get, you know, what what, what the rest of the mainstream media does with um you know weird stories so this is one of them we talk about ghostbusters this is a piece of ghostbusters memorabilia the ultimate oh man ultimate piece of ghostbusters memorabilia that you could take to the grave with you so dig this right you can do you see what i did there i did um you can now buy a Ghostbusters-themed casket inspired by the Ecto-1. We got a picture of this. Yes. We got a video of this. It's it's amazeballs. That's all I could say. So this thing is awesome. And likely one of the weirdest stories we've ever covered. This is actually from GhostbustersNews.com. A Ghostbusters-themed casket inspired by the Ecto-1 is now available on eBay. Coming complete with a proton pack and ghost trap. Oh my God, this is so exciting. I know. Um, made by Nashville Casket Sales. The listing states that the casket was made last year to help with the, the the theatrical release of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which if you haven't seen it, what the fuck are you waiting for? Right. Um, the body features an overall white design and pays homage to the Ghostbusters modified Cadillac, including decals, of the no ghost logo and license plate along with likely the most eye-catching piece a recreation of the vehicle's gadget based rooftop so halloween costume accessories are included with the proton pack seen resting inside along with a ghost trap wrapped around the side handles um, as mentioned the casket is now available on ebay get this i love this because i can afford this um for five thousand dollars that's right ladies and gentlemen that's not that bad that's not that bad considering no. the fact how much caskets are um 
with the seller joking that it's for the diehard, pun intended, of course, Ghostbusters fan. And these are the same people that made the Kiss Casket. Now, I know you like that because you like that, you know, shit kicking party boy music. Um, but there was one thing where he actually says in here that, okay, there is an actual picture of the Ghostbusters themselves yes, mm-hmm. on the inside of the casket. So you can spend the rest of eternity with, you know, Bill Murray, which I can't think of a better way of spending eternity than with Bill Murray. Cause you know, this fellow Chicagoan is, uh, one of the most awesome and funniest people in the world. So I love this. I think that this is like easily one of the coolest things I have ever seen. And I know, Stephen, that you agree with that. Oh, it's fantastic. You throw Sigourney Weaver in there with me. I'm set. I am oh, set. Now, you know, it, it's a shame because I've already got plans for my death. Mm-hmm. And, and then you send me this. I'm like, damn, now I'm kind of torn a little bit. Well, I told Jamie that when I die, I want to be shot out of a cannon into Lake Michigan, right over by the Adler Planetarium in downtown Chicago. But after this, I, I, I was reading this to I was reading this to Jamie, my wife, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's only five thousand dollars!" And she's like, "Oh, so you want to die?" I'm like, "Not today, but when I do, <laughs> forget about the cannon shot. I want to be buried in a ghost, Ghostbusters casket." Well, see, my plan is a very patient one. That mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, when I become a ghost, I'm going to be the ultimate, ultimate fucking ghost. I mean, like, prankster out the ass. You know what I'm saying? But my death, my death, Rick, I I want the casket buried. Mm-hmm. I want people to believe that I am actually in that casket. So... We're going to lay out the clothes I was wearing during the wake. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everybody will see, which it'll probably be something similar to this. You know, I'm not wearing no suit to my death. All right. If I'm going to be stuck in the afterlife, I'm going to be looking badass. So anyway, probably in a Def Leppard t shirt with the feather what, mold. You know, whatever, whatever gets the ghouls. Ah. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, so picture this they'd lower the coffin into the hole, right? But I'm not in it. But the clothes I was wearing during the wake is like laid out just like as as if I were wearing them. Right. Mm -hmm. The pants laying there, the shirt, whatever. I'm going to use like a dagger or a knife and do all these like claw marks on the roof of it. Right. And then I'm going to bash out like a hole. Right. And then this is going to get buried. Well, I'm meanwhile, I'm going to be buried somewhere else that nobody else is ever going to know about. Okay. There might even be a map to it somewhere that you can find in an attic. But anyway. An unmarked grave. And a so, Goonies reference. Yes. So well done. years, decades, centuries, whenever they decide that they've got to dig my body up. Because you know what's going to happen. You know, there, somebody's going to want to get down in there. They're going to mm-hmm. dig it up and they're going to pull out this old wooden coffin and see that there's a hole in the top of it. Then they're going to open the lid. See my body gone and all these scratch marks, dude, that is going to be amazing because you that'll be your weird news. That'll be your weird news. 20 years from now, Stephen Lancaster's grave found empty and you'll be able to cover that on the show. It'll be like the rapture. Yeah. It'll be like, was he a vampire? You know, how'd he claw his way out of there? He wasn't even dead or is he the undead now? See, I'm giving you material for the future, Rick. 
I cannot wait until, you know, I, I find somebody else to host the show with. Yeah, you can't wait till I die. You know, y'all heard that. Y'all heard that. So what we got next, Rick? That That is fantastic. Ecto-1 coffin. Yes, the Ghostbusters casket. I love it. And uh, I please, I, I buy it for me, anyone. But we're moving on to Creature of the Week. Now, yes. in Creature of the Week, this is this is a weird one. I mean, I know that I say this, say that often, but apparently Bigfoot is not the only hairy giant out there walking around the mountainous regions or the forests of North America or even around the world. There's another one to worry about. And this one has wings, dude. Yes. Okay. So this is in Mount by Mount St. Helens for decades. People have been seeing what looks like a giant bat-like creature flying around Mount St. Helens. Um, it has these giant wings and a big hairy body, and people have taken to calling this thing Bat-Squatch. <laughs> so yes. it, is, it is a portmanteau of bat and Sasquatch. Sasquatch. So yeah, people have been seeing this thing for decades. And so let's take a look at the description. Let's get a more, uh, you know, accurate description. And this comes from cryptidsfandom.com. Like I love this website, right? This is like the wiki for crypto nerds. Okay. The creature has yellow eyes, a dog-like muzzle, blue fur, sharp teeth, bird-like feet, and leathery bat wings that span up to 50 feet. So this thing is fucking huge. Does, does it actually say leathery bat wings? Uh, leathery bat wings. Does, does the writer not realize that leather is skin? I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> in addition, Bat Squatch is said to be, get this, nine feet tall, and for whatever reason, it has the ability to affect car engines like it's it's a UFO alien or yeah. alien yeah. it could be mothman or a distant cousin right yeah exactly i mean you know whenever somebody has claimed to see mothman some bad thing usually occurs after that uh like with mothman i think it was a silver bridge collapsed killing dozens yes. of people so there was a sighting and a photograph taken of this creature in 1994. And if you could throw that picture oh, up yeah. oh, so yeah. everybody could see this thing. Um, now, I know what everybody's going to say, and I know what you're saying, and I know what I'm going to say here. It's probably fake, obviously. I mean, whatever this thing is, it's like some dude probably in a ghillie suit, like most Bigfoot and Sasquatch um, pictures happen. But I want to play devil's advocate here a little bit, Steven. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay. What if all these purported videos of anything from ghosts to cryptids to UFOs that for decades people have been saying, that's fake, that's phony, can't possibly be. What if these pictures are real? And even those of us in the paranormal community, in paranormal land, as we like to call it here at the Shadow Initiative, we just dismiss it because that's kind of what we're conditioned to do. 
but this picture is like it shows something like coming at this guy and it's got like wings and it's big and nasty but you know i know that it's obviously fake but what if it isn't what if all these pictures are real steven thoughts what if they're all related okay he's got squatch in the title all right Mm -hmm. we've got sasquatch now we've got bat squatch and you know that this is where i'm going to change everybody's perception on the squatch because that got me curious rick okay we've got a sasquatch we've got a bat squatch okay what does squatch actually mean uh taking a shit well squatch um, according to the wonderful internet, that's never wrong. Uh, <laughs> Squatch means the patchy hair that grows on the nape of the neck where hairline begins to fade away. Mm-hmm. The Squatch is often messy in appearance due to the thinner patchy hair and trimmed away to provide a sharper hairline on the back of the neck. Okay. And they give some examples of how to use Squatch in a sentence, Rick. Hey, man, you need a haircut. Your Squatch is looking pretty bad, right? Or how about this one? Hey, babe, can you give me a Squatch rub? So, <laughs> all right. Using, I'm going to start using that with Jamie. Me too. Me, yes. Not with my wife, you're not. I, no, 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 no. Different <laughs> wife. Different wife. You know, so with Tina, I'm going to be like, hey, Tina, you want to play with my Squatch? You know, because according to definition, that would be a Squatch. And we'll we'll talk about this on next week's show. <laughs> and well, yeah, we'll we'll get her we'll get her testimony. Honey, which... can you play with my squatch? Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. It would be badass if that was real. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, God, we could go on forever. There are so many different creatures, so many different entities, and that, this was something I kind of meant to say um, when you were talking about ghosts, poltergeists, and demons. Mm-hmm. Um, all being separate things mm-hmm. that are often piled together as one. Right. You know, this is where you've got to step back and, and you you pretty much set the stage for this episode when you said common sense. Yeah. Use your common sense. Okay. How many different people are there? Different races. 6.7 billion, I think it is. Uh, okay. Is it, but how many different races? Right. You know, you, you've got people from all over the world, all different cultures, all different races. OK, so it's not that hard to fathom that. There's all these different kinds of fucking creatures. Right. Right. You know, we've got black people, Asian people, white people, whatever. You know, we're all still the same build. You are all still human. Mm-hmm. But these creatures, could they all be? one species just different variations like we we've often talked you know are is cryptozoology really animalistic like we're trying to make it be or is it more extraterrestrial or spiritual you know or spiritual people, right some, some people would claim that bigfoot is a spiritual being that can affect weather patterns and you know crops and stuff like that as you know a lot of native american um uh, tribal traditions say so but yeah with the with the with the bat squatch i would say that this is probably mount saint helen's version of the mothman i mean yeah. It, it, yeah. it sounds so close to the mothman so hey when you're over there by mount saint helen's in that region look up 
duck and beware, man, because Bat Squatch might be coming for you. And in 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 the kind of just just a little point of talk from what you're saying, you know, when when you take, like you said, the Bat Squatch, we've kind of said it before, but every culture kind of has their version of bigfoot every culture has their version of the loch ness monster every culture has the bat squatch in some way or mothman or something and that that all leads back to how how one perceives something they're 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 going off of that one glimpse that they got and then it becomes this creature this story behind the creature and then you know the united states has their version and ireland has their version you know, it could all just be the same thing, just different perceptions of it. Exactly. And, you know, we're, we're never really going to know for sure until a, a body, like a legitimate body, not like that dude in Georgia who had the... Uh, in the freezer? Know, in, in the freezer. <laughs> that was hilarious. They're always in the freezer. But yeah, until, you know, science can really look at these things, um, you know, blood you know, you get blood from it or even a body. We're, we're never going to know for sure. But um, so, yeah, look out for Bat Squatch, Sasquatches or Bigfoot's nasty winged cousin. So, And remember, yeah. let us know how it goes. You guys out there, ask your woman today to play with your Squatch and then report back to us and see, let us know how that worked out. Wasn't that the name of a character in Rick and, Rick and Morty? Probably. 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 Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, earlier in the show, we were talking about negative entities and uh, which which brings us to the close of our show with Ghostwatch. Yes. Yeah, I know you love it. It's I so love exciting. the end of the show. Yes, me too. Um, with Lucetio Abbey in Italy. Now we've never, we rarely ever go outside of the United States or um, England or whatever, but this time we're going to Lucetio Abbey in Italy for Ghostwatch. I'm Rick Hale, and this is Ghostwatch. At the dawn of the 21st century, the world was rocked with some extraordinarily disturbing news. Young men from all over the world were coming forth and claiming that they were victims of child molestation at the hands of Roman Catholic priests. Many could not believe that such allegations were true. Priests were God's representatives on earth. It was their job to spread God's word. Sadly, the scandalous news proved to be true. After priests began admitting that they were in fact guilty of the accusations against them, people began to wonder, how long has this been going on? Is this a new phenomenon? Or has it always been a problem that was successfully kept hush-hush throughout the history of the church? This brings us to Italy's Lucidio Abbey. In the mid-12th century, Rainier, Marquis of Montefrac, purchased the ground where the abbey still stands and donated a large portion of the swampy wetlands to the Cistercian monks who used it for rice cultivation. The monks were on the cutting edge of growing rice in Europe. For approximately a century, the monks worked the wetlands growing rice and were an integral part of village life. Then one day, something strange happened. 
the monks closed the doors of the abbey and stopped ministering to the townspeople. Rumors began to circulate when young men entered the abbey and were never heard from again. Villagers would oftentimes hear anguished cries of pain issuing from behind the walls of the abbey, as well as strange chanting during full moons that were heard and started to make the villagers suspicious and thinking that something sinister was going on in the abbey. For the most part, the villagers thought that was all they were, rumors. Then one night, those rumors became true. Two young boys were discovered wandering the streets in a trance-like state. The boys were covered in blood and bruises and were horrifically malnourished. When they regained their minds, the, boy told, the boys told a horrific tale. They told the town council that they had escaped from the abbey where unspeakable acts of blasphemy were being committed. They explained that young men were tied to a giant pillar in what was called the judgment room. There, they were reportedly raped and beaten by the monks as the monks blasphemed God. The boys further reported that the monks were having black magic rituals with the intention of raising a powerful demon. The villagers had heard enough. If these stories were true, then the Pope must know about this immediately. When word of the great evil that was occurring at Lucetio Abbey reached the ears of Pope Calixtus III, he immediately sent a special papal inquiry to investigate the accusations that were lodged against the monks. Calixtus would not tolerate such evil in his church. When the inquiry arrived, they found the doors of the abbey locked and the windows tightly shuttered. For three days, the investigators and the monks engaged in a standoff. The monks knew the jig was up and their activity had been found out. Finally, the investigators gained access to the abbey and their worst fears were confirmed. The abbey was nothing short of a nightmarish hellhole. Evidence of molestation was discovered as well as evidence of human sacrifice. It was believed that the monks were successful in their attempts at raising a demon from the depths of hell. Lucetio Abbey, the once peaceful house of the Lord, was now a den of depravity and wickedness. The monks that were engaged in the evil were shipped to the Vatican, tried for their crimes, and beheaded. The horror of Lucetio Abbey was now over. Not hardly. Over the centuries, Lucetio has been owned by many people, one of them being Napoleon Bonaparte himself. Reports of the former abbey started immediately after the abbey was secularized by the church in 1784. Those who lived or stayed at the abbey reported hearing sounds of screaming, filling the abbey on nights when the, moons were, when the moon was full. Horrifying apparitions of blood-soaked boys had been seen wandering the abbey, begging for help. And screams of agony are heard at the pillar where these boys were raped and beaten. It is said that the pillar weeps and water has been seen pouring down that pillar. Many have tried to disprove the crying pillar and have failed. Although these hauntings sound frightening, but benign, something else is said to stalk the abbey, something evil. 
The demon that the monks summoned is said to haunt the abbey. Eyewitnesses have reported that before the creature appears, the area fills with the stench of rotting flesh. A chill fills the air, and the demon appears as a giant, swirling black mass. It is said that if you witness the demon, you will go blind and insane. Also, there have been many confirmed reports of suicides among the visitors to the abbey. Whatever this creature is, it is very much in control of this former house of God. The current owners state that the building is in fact very haunted, but by very benign spirits that pretty much keep to themselves. Even if a fraction of these stories are true, then Lucetio Abbey could very well be one of the most haunted places in the world. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. Fantastic. I noticed you uh you referred to them as demons, Rick. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's do you have any basis to do so? I have no basis. The only thing <laughs> that I have the story to tell. That is that is it. Well, as always, it's another fantastic story that it, it, it just brings us closer to the finish line of an episode, and that just tickles me to death. But you know, know, you did um you 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 kind of just sparked a topic in me that I want us to save and discuss on a future show. I know we don't have time today because we're wrapping this up. Mm -hmm. Um suicide. I want to do an episode on suicide and the paranormal okay you know, you know these because there have been many suicides that have taken place that revolve around the paranormal but they're dismissed you know they read somebody's letter or, or they just dismiss it and say oh it was mental illness it was depression and it may very well happen but i've got ca cases that we can discuss um where I worked suicides that were rooted in the paranormal. And I think that would be a good topic of discussion because like you were alluding to earlier in the show with dealing with these um, evil entities, the, the, these you're bringing this stuff home, you know, you're right. putting yourself at risk. You're putting your family at risk, your friends, these attachments, you know, and I, I think that would be a good topic for discussion in the future. Um, I think I, that we should cover that on the next show because yeah. I too have an investigation where a ghost committed suicide and uh, it was for, for a pretty sad, I mean, I think at any suicide is, you know, done, you know, there's a sad reason, but this one is because, well, it was at a time when people like this ghost in life, they were unacceptable. Um, that is so interesting. Man, you just gave me chills because my story is the same thing. Cool. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. that on, on the next show, I think that we should definitely take a more in-depth look. And this is it's going to be a serious show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. yes. Talking about a very, very serious subject. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys for, for hanging out with us again. And uh, I'll throw this out there one more time. We have switched distributors. Um, so the all of our old episodes are still everywhere you were listening to them. But now they're being distributed through a new RSS feed. So just look us up. We're still on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. We are everywhere. And of course, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. 
If you want to email us, if you want to be a guest, if you want to share a story, shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. And don't be afraid of us. We, we, we have nothing but respect for people who want to talk things out or share their stories. Um, we're more than happy to do it. Would love to hear them. Would love to read them on air. And if it's compelling, we may even have you on the show to tell everyone all about it. Like yes. It, and, and if you need that extra push, if you need that extra boost of confidence, look up our episode um, entitled Haunted Survivor Sean Bonney. This was a fantastic episode. Just your average family man off the street came on her show. He was in tears at, at certain points um, mm -hmm. to share, you know, tragedy, to share um, this darkness that he has dealt with his whole life. It's a fantastic episode. And um, if you've got something like that, you want to get our opinions on, or just, just get it off your chest. You know, sometimes just saying it helps. Right. So we encourage you to do that. Nobody will make fun of you. And um, so, yeah. Hey, Steven, man, another great show in the books. Can't wait for everybody to hear this. Yes, sir. So we will see you guys again in a week or so. Take care. <laughs>